0: Hey folks, welcome back to Radio Caram, and of course, welcome to Hawthorne Obsession. We haven't been doing this podcast role. I'm Marcus. I'm Michael. And folks, uh, this is Hawthorne Obsession. And of course, our last uh, podcast, Michael, for Hawthorne Obsession was back in 2016. I reckon it was uh, the last match that we won, so or just after that. I reckon it would have been the Doggies game. The, was it elimination final? Was it?
1: Yeah, it, it ended our um, premiership run. We ended up losing to the Bulldogs uh, in a, a semi final. So that was a long time ago. A yeah. Lots happened since then. So there's well, lots to discuss.
0: A lot has happened since then, and uh, that was a, that was a dreadful match. We were both there, and it was God. If only Smith had kicked the goal the week before, we would have been uh, would have avoided all that rubbish. But uh, anyway, since then we've sort of been all over the shop, and and here we are now, fourth bottom. Lovely. But we'll talk about that shortly, folks. Today's program we've got a, a couple of features we want to focus on, and uh, something I was actually listening to when we did our first podcast way, way, way back in twenty fifteen, Michael, in the premiership years, and uh, our first show we featured the hate list, and of course the hate list is uh, it's a perennial teams we hate, players we hate, and we'll go through. We'll see if the list has been updated since twenty fifteen. <laughs> uh, yep. We'll also we'll cover the uh, talk about where our list is at at the moment. What things are going on in terms of players being traded in and traded out. Just a bit of a, a bit of an overview about what's happening there. Uh, we're going to look at pick four. Who are the best prospects for pick four and what should we do with that? Uh, we're going to look at the journey ahead. So folks, I mean, we're in the business of winning premierships at Hawthorne because that's what we do. But we want to uh, just get a feel for where, how far away is it? How far away is our next premiership? God, I hope it's not too far away. And uh, is that about it, Michael? Oh, we're going to cover some books as well too. I've been reading some uh, really cool books and I want to uh, Hawthorne books, of course, and uh, I just want to have a brief touch on some of those books, and uh, we'll probably have a bit of a book review segment every show, but uh,
1: come to that a bit later in the show.
0: Michael, anything else we need to cover today?
1: No, that's it. That that's a lot of stuff. That's that'll make a big show, I think. It's a big show. Well, it's been a while. (laughs) We got a lot. It has been a while. Yeah. You
0: know, I, I sort of feel like we're at the start of a new journey. It's a new journey. We're sort of we're pretty close to rock bottom as far as I can as far as I believe anyway and uh, I reckon we're sort of at that rock bottom stage where it, all ahead is just upwards and so the the excitement is uh, I guess Hawthorne supporters would feel a bit of an excitement about what lies ahead and I think like starting with the draft coming up in a, in a few weeks time but Michael, uh, let's go to our hate list.
1: Now, who's at the top of well, your the top, hate list? And
0: you know what? It's, it's with a bullet. It hasn't, it's remained unchanged in the last five years. Geelong, of course, is top of the hate list.
1: Cannot
0: stand them. Absolutely loving their misery as it plays out. Love the misery of the grand final when they lost. That was a beautiful thing. Not that I'm a Richmond person, but, you know, I prefer to see Geelong lose every time they play. Uh, but yeah, God, I hate them. How do you feel about that? Is your number one Geelong?
1: Um, no, actually, Geelong what? would be a, a no. Geelong would be a close second. Oh. Uh, but my my number one is still Essendon, and it's oh. always been Essendon. I think I think a lot of Hawthorne supporters kind of forget just how horrible Essendon are, um, <laughs> just because they haven't been very good for quite. a quite a long time now. It's been <laughs> almost two decades since yeah. they've been any good, so we haven't really had to worry about them, but I still find Essendon um, to be the most obnoxious, self, self-important self club um, in the AFL. Uh, they've got a very strange fan base um, that <laughs> is very, like, just somewhat detached from reality. Um, and <laughs> Yeah, and and you know and, and I think you can see the way they reacted to the you know the the supplement saga the way they react to their list at any given time <laughs> um, the way they react when they win two games in a row thinking that you know oh we're gonna win the flag you know and, and even the way they react to their their two, I mean I, a lot of Essendon supporters still think that they're well two things they still think that their 2000 premiership team is the greatest team that's ever played
0: oh God. Um, oh.
1: They're one one premiership, if that's not really... I mean, we've won three. that, that 3 Pete that, that seems like... One premiership just seems like nothing compared to that. But no, that's still the greatest team ever played for some reason. Yeah. And uh, and they also seem to think that they're still the greatest club in the AFL because they've won the most premierships, despite the fact that most of those premierships predate World War II, um, which means that they predate... <laughs> it is. So it's all coming out now. Um, the, the, they it predates <laughs> it predates, it. It predates uh, television, so you actually can't. There's no footage of them, and one of them one of them so old the scores weren't recorded, and another <laughs> one is um, is so old that it actually took place under uh, circumstances in which um, the the premiere. Could actually, if you finished on top of the ladder and not and not won the flag, you can actually challenge the premier, um, the the eventual premier. I don't know if anyone's aware of that, but this was quite a long time ago when the game was in its infancy. Really, Um, if you finished on top of the ladder and lost the grand final, you could challenge the premier again um, to to another grand final. Um, which the, that system was scrapped a long time ago. But Essendon won a flag under that very strange system which no longer exists. So there's so many question marks over these old flags <laughs> that they've won. And I yet somehow it. to them it still makes them this superior football club. So no, I think there's a level of arrogance um, that puts Essendon – like just above on my, my hate list, and I, I just think it's kind of it's been a bit dormant for a while because we haven't really had much of an on-field rivalry with them for some time. But if they ever get their act together, and I hope, hope they never do, but if they ever get their act together, uh, I think they'll be much more obnoxious than Geelong. But so it's, it's yeah, very, they're number one on my list.
0: Very funny, Michael. Yeah, look, look, they are the perennial hate team. We all hate them, and they're actually number two on my list and uh, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying oh, shit. I, love your, uh, I love your historical uh, re- recollection of how things are travelling with Essendon I've always hated them every Hawthorne supporter hates them there's something about you know, you know one thing I can put out there there yeah. seem to be too many Essendon people in the media and uh, so whenever they, yeah, they get a couple of wins all of a sudden their media fan base media people start talking up Essendon and that is very frustrating so I hear what you're saying too many of them, and uh, they sort of go to town on a couple of a sniff of a couple of wins, and sure enough, do you remember a few years ago when they won about? Uh, I think it was uh, a couple of years in a row. They won five or six games out of about sort of the first eight or so, and they were talking flags, and the media was talking flags. Get to the second half of the year, the business end of the season, and they collapsed. They did that. Yeah, thing. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> that happened.
1: That, that happened a few times actually. Oh, a got, few times. It, yeah. it got up to around about. It got up to around about Anzac Day, yeah. um, and the hype. You know, the top four and all that, and then I don't think they made the eight most of those years. No, no. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there is a strange sort of hype that surrounds that club yeah. that's very weird. I, I don't... I think they're a very unusual fan base. But, yeah, um, but you mentioned Geelong, yeah. and, yeah, uh, uh, Geelong have been... Um, on field, our biggest rival for the last 10 15 years. You know, there's no real denying that. Uh, I think uh, at first, but prior to that, I didn't really think much of Geelong. But yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that that we've had so many heartbreaking losses to them um, that after a while, it, you do you do start to hate them. It's not really a fan base thing with Geelong. I don't even know too many Geelong fans. No, it's more right. of a, it's really it's really an on field thing. Yeah. Um, and I, when I think of uh, oh god Geelong, I, I think of players, not, oh. not really fans or fan experiences. Oh so, yeah, who are we talking about? Yeah, Michael? who are we talking about? Uh, I just just the ones that have traumatized, us, like you know Joel Selwood <laughs> oh. and Tom Hawkins. Oh, and, uh, still, I still think of Podsy Adley, even oh. though he, he's been out of the game for a while yeah. now. Oh, um, nice. so yeah, all, all these um, players that have just been. Yeah, traumatizing us for a while. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I, but yeah. I, yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Sirwood and Hawkins cannot stand them, and uh, why don't they retire? Very frustrating, <laughs> uh, Michael. I'm just uh, a third on my list, and I think this is um, people seem to forget uh, yep. this football club, and uh, they forget how things were back in the day. But number three on my list is Carlton. Now, I know uh, people think Carlton. What's going on with that? They've been rubbish for a long time, but. I can remember back in the day they had a they were miserable and their supporters are the most unusually shocking a bit like Essen and light just when they start to win and become successful you'll just you will regret the experience because they are shocking absolutely miserable and uh, I remember uh, John Elliott back in the day in the 80s and how uh, hey, he was always like you know Going on about Hawthorne and our sort of like low fi version of uh, Premiership victories and how they were champagne and glory. Just uh, they're a shocking football club. I hate them.
1: Yeah. Um, I, being from a different generation to you, um, <laughs> I sort of missed all of that. I yeah. started following, properly following football like in around about 2000 and, you know, 2004 or something like that. And at that point, Carlton were on the bottom of the ladder. And, in fact, I've seen Carlton finish on the bottom of the ladder five times. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen any other club finish on the bottom that many times. So, uh, and, and I think Hawthorne have fair, uh, just barely lost to them um, since 2005. I think, I think, if I'm right, I think we've lost to them once.
0: Yeah, since it's hard.
1: Yep, correct way.
0: Correct way. We yeah. so hardly lose to them at all. So, that's, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, so I guess for... People like me, like I'm 31, and I think most people my age uh, probably don't have that same sort of feeling about Carlton. But I hear you, and I, it's not just it's not just Hawthorn supporters. Actually, I know um, supporters of other clubs who are a bit older that, that talk about how much Carlton, how horrible Carlton are when they're up the top. So they're not understand. really that high on my list, to be honest. Yeah. In fact, they're not. They don't really feature on my hate list. But yeah. um, I, I, I do kind of appreciate from a distance a long the, the hate. Now,
0: Michael, who's number who's who's number three on your list?
1: Uh, number three on my list is Sydney. Oh, now, um, of course, yeah. So this is probably like more representative of someone who's <laughs> my age in my generation because yep. this is sort of like a new age rivalry. Yes. Um, now, I think Sydney. There was a time when I think Sydney probably might have even been number one, and um, that was around about that time when we went through that awful period where. Uh, first of all, we just could not buy a win at the SCG. I mean, every time we used to go over there, we just got absolutely smashed. The game was over by quarter time almost. And then we followed that up by, of course, they beat us in the 2012 Grand Final, a year that we really dominated. Um, but, yeah, they they got they bested us on the Grand Final, which was um, pretty horrible. Uh, and then the following year, uh, they, they took uh, uh, Lance Franklin, who was probably the most... I think the, the uh, uh, if, he, if he wasn't the best Hawthorne player that's ever played, and I know you, could, you know, probably through a few other names you could debate regarding that, he's uh, definitely one of the most loved Hawthorne players. Like He was everyone's favourite. Um, we watched him develop from an 18-year-old, and, and he was definitely the favourite Hawthorne player by a long, long way and a very unique player that just would never be replaced. So for them to take him um, via free agency with cola money – um, which just made the whole thing even worse was um, was just uh, like unforgivable from a Hawthorne point of view. so that put <laughs> them right up to the top and uh, when it looked yeah, and that's in addition to also uh, Josh Kennedy as well, which was a, another Hawthorne name a player that they managed to get away from us so yeah, and and when it looked like they were going to um, not only beat us in a grand final, take Lance Franklin, but then beat us in another grand final in two thousand and fourteen. I just remember the the just I, I I don't think I'd ever intensely detested a club as much as I did during that year. But the reason they've fallen down the list is that we actually completely flatten them in that grand final. It was at that that two thousand and fourteen grand final, it's still my favorite premiership that I've seen for Hawthorne just because of the way they played on the day. It was just that brutal just just completely smashed that Sydney team um, and uh, and I think since then uh, it's it's subsided a bit I think the rivalry's kind of died off um, and there's not really I don't, I don't really feel that there's there's a really strong tension between Hawthorne and Sydney I feel like you know we got our revenge we're even now so they've slipped a bit but I don't forget so I, I think <laughs> third. Third, um, is still Sydney. Yeah, I've got
0: them fourth on my list. Yeah, I like you. I like your hate. And I like your passion, <laughs> and all your reasons. I believe. I share as well too. Um, now, Michael, let's uh, where are we at? Let's look at uh, where we're at with our list at the moment. I'm just okay. Good. I'll get.
1: We, we've been a bit negative, so <laughs> yeah, I'm just, we've been a bit <laughs> negative. But you know, we've got we're a
0: hate not. list. I'm interested. In sort of, we'll put that. We'll put that in the library. We'll just put that in the, in the library over there, and. Uh, and we'll see how we are in a couple of years' time about that hate list, because, folks, we see us with the as I mentioned at the start, this is the start of our new journey, and so we'll be able to reflect on how that hate list evolves over the years. It's pretty static at the minute, but over the last five years, but we'll see how we go. Michael, let's look at our list. Where are we at? Do you want to? Uh, let's look at our, the players we've got at the moment on our list, uh, and I'm interested to know. Talk about some of the players we've uh, traded in and traded out. Do you want to, Where do you want to start?
1: Okay, well, we might as well start with the trade period because that wasn't yeah. too long ago. Yeah. Um, the, so during the trade period, we actually had a fairly quiet trade period compared to, to most years. Um, we brought in uh, Kyle Hardigan from Adelaide for a fourth round, a future fourth round draft pick. And uh, we also brought in, right at the death of the trade period, brought in Tom Phillips from Collingwood for pick 65 in this year's draft. So we didn't give away too much, just two fourth round picks and brought in two ready-made players. So there is a key defender and an outside midfielder. I also should mention um, Isaac Smith left the club as a free agent and joined Geelong, and we got a, a compensation pick for that. How do, you so, feel
0: about, how do you feel about Smith leaving? What's your view on that? I, I, my, my, my view is that, look, look, he's been a great servant of our club, done some fantastic things, played well in all three grand finals that we won that he was in. and uh, But, you know... I just get the feeling he's—he has come to the end of his life at Hawthorne. He's still going to still going to be an okay player, but his best is behind him. I'm hoping.
1: Um, I still think there were times this season. I mean, it's hard to judge anyone on this recent season because uh, I think most players for Hawthorne had a pretty ordinary year, had a down year. Um, but I still think, yeah, at his best, he's still one of the best outside midfielders in the game, and. He's has been for a long time, so yeah, he's. A, I think he's a Hawthorne legend, to be honest. Yeah, um, he is.
0: He is. I agree.
1: Yeah. So, uh, no, I, I. I mean, I don't really mind him leaving. Like, to I, I be honest, I didn't really care so much when some of these older guys left, like Mitchell and Lewis and Hodge. You know, because they sort of come to the end of their tether at Hawthorne. and I, I. I don't think it taints their Hawthorne reputation. When I know some people feel like if they go to another club and finish in another club, that it sort of um, no. Ruins their legacy. I don't feel that way at no. all. I mean, I so, don't, um, yeah,
0: I know. I, I don't
1: feel that way about. I know. I
0: know you've got. We, we differ on the on the Buddy situation, but Buddy's a city now. I know he played in two grand finals. He lost both of them as well, too, which was good. But you know, we still love. You know, I still love seeing Buddy stuff on the Hawthorne website and on the Facebook page, and I like looking at some of those unbelievable things he did. So yeah, and I, I feel the same. I think. Um, Look, Smith's gone to Geelong. I mean, I mean, why Geelong, really? But Godfather, oh, that's like a shocking decision, as far as I'm concerned. But still. Uh, you know, if I can just talk about Geelong for a second just about that, I, there's a complete whiff of desperation about them at the moment, getting all these old blokes at their club and uh, yeah, a whiff of desperation which is a whiff of uh, potential, which de- of definite failure coming up for Geelong this next year but yeah, look, I am, um,
1: yeah I'm all
0: about that, but I, um, yeah, I and of course, for- Forley's now gone to St Kilda how's
1: that? Yeah, um, I mean that that's sort of that, that I remember that story sort of came late in the trade period, yeah. um, so that's sort of been uh, going around for a couple of weeks that that might happen. Uh, it's a bit strange. I don't know whether he had decided to retire or whether Hawthorne sort of pushed him out the door. Um, it seems we it seems a bit odd that they would let Frawley leave and then replace him with Hardigan. Um, if Frawley was willing to go on, you just sort of wonder why they didn't keep going with Frawley, but. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I, it, like both of those guys, Smith and Frawley, they've both been great for Hawthorne. So yeah, uh, I don't really feel anything about them leaving. Um, yeah. I think it's fine. Birchall so.
0: yeah, as yeah. well too, put him in that bracket as well too. Going
1: yeah, to I forget. I sort of forget about Birchall because yeah. I don't really watch Brisbane games. But yeah, that's another one. There's been heaps and I don't think they're all, they're, I mean, no one's really going to remember them. As players for those ah. clubs, I think they're all going to be remembered as Hawthorne players.
0: Absolutely correct. Wait on that one there. Yeah. Now, who else we got? So let's let's look at our our list at the moment, Michael. So you've got you mentioned Hardigan.
1: Uh, yes, um, Hardigan yeah. and Phillips. You so yeah, t- those two Kyle Hardigan. I think a, a lot of Hawthorne supporters weren't very happy with um, picking up Kyle Hardigan. I think mainly on the basis of his age. So he, he's just turned twenty nine, and you know, I think Hawthorne mostly uh, focusing on youth at the moment so 29 seemed a little out of place but I think we have to remember that with Frawley leaving Stratton retiring and Sicily out for probably the whole year we're really low on key defenders and that's a very important position you know you can't be low on that so um, I think bringing in someone who was ready-made that didn't cost much was a good idea I don't I I can't say I've watched Harding play too much but most Adelaide fans seem to rate him um, say that he's he's a good player that we like him and he's quite reliable um, and yeah so I, I think I, I'm pretty happy with that pickup I think I think it's a good one he's also apparently quite a good person just off the field um, I know he's involved in a couple of different charities and apparently he's just very hardworking upstanding sort of guy and it's always good to have good people in the club so yeah like I, a, I'm he... pretty happy with. Kyle
0: Hardigan. He sounds like a very Hawthorne sort of a person. We love that sort of stuff, Michael. Now, Michael, yeah. I'm just looking down the list here. I've got my Hawthorne teams up here, all the players on the list here, and I'm looking through and I'm thinking, oh God, it's a mixed bag of stuff. Look, I, I, I look through the uh, our, our, our back line. I mean, the back line is probably our best sort of part of the ground at the minute I think in terms of its potential. You know, you've got Day down there, you've got, uh, uh, you've got Scrimshaw down there, you've got Greaves down there, I imagine he's going to stay there um, It Hardwick's down there as well too Frost is down there as well too, it's probably our best sort of part of the ground at the minute but when I move into the midfield I'm thinking oh my god, what's going on there, that's that's like a one dimensional list at the moment and our forward line is just dreadful, really. Apart well, from... uh, regarding
1: the midfield, oh. good time to mention Tom Phillips as oh, well yeah. um, so,
0: yeah, that's a good
1: uh, one yeah, so he's 24, uh, a pick 65 is a pretty good a pretty low price for him, I think. Yeah, he um, he oh, played in fantastic. He was he was up until very recently in Collingwood's best twenty-two, and uh, he finished sixth in the best and fairest the year they made the grand final, which was only a couple of years ago. So, um, and I, from what I'll tell you, another player I haven't really paid too much attention to, but um, from all reports, he's quite good. He's an outside running midfielder, so that that kind of replaces Isaac Smith. So uh, he'll be in our best twenty-two for sure. Yep. And uh, he could be a long-term player, so I think that's a good pickup.
0: Now, so I'm looking at the midfield, Michael, and I'm just wondering about what's going on there at the moment. We've got uh, Amira, we've got um, Warpole, we've got Mitchell, uh, and, yep. I, and I guess I occasionally Wingard as well too. So, I mean, Amira isn't the player that we'd hoped he would be. Is he? He hasn't turned out. He hasn't turned out quite as well as we'd
1: hoped. Uh, no, Amir has been um, a good player for Hawthorne. Yeah, good, and I think, good, you know, yeah. he might he might be captain, you know, um, next year. Yeah. It's def- he's in the mix for that. So I don't think anyone would say that, um, you know, it was a waste of time bringing him in. No, uh, no. But... You know, uh, but no, he hasn't really been... I remember the hype on him because he won the, the, the Rising Star the year he, in his debut year, I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I still remember when he came to Hawthorne, uh, he was being compared to, uh, I think, a combination of Judd and Dangerfield. Um, and most of the talk was, you know, this guy's going to be the best player in the competition one day, which is why Gold Coast was so reluctant to let him go. We paid such a high price for him, so... Yeah, uh, I think I think no, he hasn't really lived up to that, and I don't think he ever will. But uh, still, a good player. Yeah, he's a good um, player. Yeah,
0: yeah he's, he's a good player. I mean, I'm, I'm pleased he's out at our club, no question. Do I just I just want him to be better. That's all. Uh, 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 Mitchell's obviously you know you know off off, off last year, but uh, you know obviously a really good pickup. He's probably the, the pick of the bunch, really. At the minute, I would say Mitchell uh, and uh, Warples a good player as well too and occasionally uh, turns on big and goes more than just good but um, how do you see those two blokes
1: Um, yeah Mitchell has been great for Hawthorne his last two years you know he had the broken leg and then this year was probably his poorest year but he wasn't alone so um, I hope Tom Mitchell sort of gets back to the way he's he's sort of brown low form if you want to call it that Um, I hope he gets back to that next season because he's probably our best player when he's up and going Um, so yeah he's a good player Warple's also really good. Um, So I I like Warple a lot. And he won the the best and fairest when he was only, what, 20? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, there there is the potential for a much better midfield next season if all three guys have a good season. I don't think any of them really had a good season this year. So um, if all three have a good season, um, you know, that makes the midfield a lot better. But there's no doubt in the middle of the ground, we we really lack depth. Um, So uh, James Cousins looked pretty good to me. Um, So that that was good. Uh, His second half of the year was was pretty encouraging. Um, But beyond that, you know, there's not too much when it comes to inside midfielders. So I think when we get to the draft, that'll be an area that they'll focus on.
0: Uh, I I know you
1: mentioned... Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Scully's been up there as well too. And he's sort of been... He's okay. He's been good at times, doing some interesting stuff. But I just think he's, um, he's almost like... It'd be better if he was in a better team. At the moment, the team's not a great team. So he's not actually providing us with what we really want. I don't know. He, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a interesting player, but he can be okay for us.
1: Yeah, I would say the same thing about Chad Wingard as well. Like you yeah, feel like he same. would be a better player in a better team. Um, and, and really if you look at uh, Hawthorne's the the players that Hawthorne have brought in through trades from about two thousand and sixteen, yeah. It has been a bit of a mixed bag. Like I remember a time for a long time, every time Hawthorne brought in a player from another club, it just seemed to be a winner. Every time. Like, we had a long run of, you know, um, going back to like Burgoyne, Gibson, Gunston, Hale, Lake, you know, just all these great players that we brought in from other clubs who seemed to improve when they came to Hawthorne. Since then, it's been more of a mixed bag. So, Tom Mitchell, um, O'Meara, Vickery, Henderson, Impey, Scully, Wingard, Scrimshaw, Frost, Patton you know like it's it's there's some really good players there that have been great there's some others that haven't been so good so uh I yeah hopefully um when going forward we can bring in some players and, and hopefully uh you know get 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 a bit of a better record when it comes to trading in players from other clubs yeah
0: just i mean uh you mentioned henderson he was a he was a great pickup he did uh he was fantastic for a couple of years. He played for us, so I was—he was a good pick-up. But yeah, look, Wingard. I—you always feel that he can be better than he is at the moment. And I mean, I'm still thinking back to the, back to uh, that was the final in 2014 when he was uh, coming off the halfback flank in that preliminary final, and uh, just being annoying that way. But he was a really good player. But he doesn't seem to be the same sort of player. But at the start of the year, those first four games, he was on fire. You know, in Melbourne, playing really well. And I'm just hoping that. Um, you know, injuries are okay with him, and he uh, he bounces back next year as a as the player. I hope he can be.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't just even the start of like I thought the end towards the end of two thousand and nineteen, he was oh. playing really well. So you know, he can be really good. But I mean, I, of all those players I just mentioned, then the ones that we've traded in, the ones that we've paid the highest prices for have been O'Meara and Wingard, and I don't think either of those guys have really delivered. So. Yeah. Yeah. um yeah it'd be good if they could moving forward i think wingard you know he's been all australian twice uh, that's not 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 many players are capable of that sort of level of performance so uh hopefully you know, we can see a lot more of him and, and you know a better wingard next season yeah i'm 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 pleased that uh,
0: that those stupid rumours about gunston leaving the club god the media like to play up ridiculous stuff like that so gunston is uh, is our gun is our gun full forward at the minute still he's uh, like a he's not a young player and uh, Bruce is the other forward who we can rely on. So both those two guys are still there. And they're playing well still, no question about that at all. He won a BNF last, this year, Gunston. But really, there isn't a lot else going on in the forward line at the moment. I'm worried about Patton. worried about Patton. Uh, Lewis, I'm worried about Lewis. If, they, if those two guys can actually put it together next year and start playing the way we hope they can play, um, our forward line starts to look dangerous.
1: Yeah, it's just been Gunston and Bruce for a long time now. I haven't really been able to add to that. I thought Wingard might be able to, you know, um, give us another option, but he hasn't really. You know, I I haven't forgotten Mitch Lewis, who looked really good towards the end of 2019. I thought our forward line looks so much better with an in-form Mitch Lewis. Um, And, God, we played so much better with him in the team. So if he can get back to that sort of form, uh, and I think he can. Yep. Then, yeah, like that makes our forward line that much better. And I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't given up on Patton. You know, I know he, he was pretty much injured all year, but he didn't do his knee again. That's the main recurring yeah. one yeah. that he's had. True. So, you know, if he is up and going as well, he can be quite an effective forward. So, if Patton and Lewis can both have good seasons next year, that, that just makes our forward line so much better. So, yep. yeah, I, I still think that's a combination that could work.
0: Yep, I hope so as well too, Michael. We've always got hope in those sort of things happening. The, they put a lot of work into our, uh, the science behind our draft and hopefully we, uh, it can click. I actually thought it was going to click this year. I had a, at the start of those first few games of the season, I thought to myself, my God, I think we're onto something here. Something's going to happen. But, yeah, it didn't. But no. uh, I think uh, you know, there's always that potential for something happening next year. But let's talk about the reality of things. Where, how far are we away from actually being any way a force in the AFL again?
1: What do you reckon? Um, Well, I guess a lot of it depends on how we draft over the next couple of seasons. So um, at this stage, you know, we just finished in the bottom four. I don't think, if you look at our list, I don't think it is a bottom four list. I think we just had a lot of good players that had pretty awful seasons. Um, And I don't think Hub Life really helped Hawthorne very, very much. So, you know, I think we're better than that. I think at best, you know, we're probably sort of heading towards the top eight. So, I mean, look, to, to answer your question, before we're before we're a force, I mean, if we draft really well over the next couple of seasons, um, bring in a couple of players like, like Will Day, like two or three of them, um, you know, we could be up there in, in, in another three to four years maybe. Um, it, it just it depends on a lot. Like a lot has to go right. But to, to sort of sufficiently turn over the list to the point where we've brought in quite a few good young players and maybe some players in from other uh, other clubs it's going to take a few seasons so I think if all goes well um I think Hawthorne fans could expect that yeah in 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 three to maybe four seasons we could be up there again with the top teams but you know it's very speculative at this point because we've got such a strange list most of (laughs) our best players most of our best players are in the bracket of around 27, 28 years old. Mm. Um, not all of them, but that's a, that's an odd way to be when you're on the bottom of the ladder because when you're bringing through young players that are 18, 19, you know, by the time they sort of hit their straps, then these guys that are our, our best players now will be starting to wind down. So um, you know, the, managing that's going to be very difficult. So I, I it, it's hard to say exactly where, where we're going to go. I remember when I was listening to uh, Trade Radio... I was listening to... Matt Rendell did a um, a review of Hawthorne's list and he he, he kept referring to it as, as an enigma, um, just a very odd list that is, hasn't really been seen before based on the age profile and, and the amount of players that have been brought in uh, in exchange for high draft picks. And so it, it's really difficult to predict where Hawthorne are going. But, um, yeah, to to sufficiently turn over a list... I think you need to attack the draft for a few seasons, so that's why I'm saying tentatively that it should be uh, three to four years before we really up there again or, yeah. or able to go up
0: there again. And uh, I guess it'll, it starts in a few weeks' time when we got our, is it pick, pick four? But I think it's now pick five, isn't it? Got moved down the list because of uh, the doggies' uh, stupid academy options as well, too. So I mean that that's where it starts, and I'm hoping that uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking three to four years as well, too. And and I, I guess that means it's possible. I mean. I mean, you don't want to see Hawthorne not do well. You want to see Hawthorne win premierships every single year. But, you know, for Hawthorne's future, it would be sort of advantageous for us to sort of uh, get another top 10 pick next year as well too. So that sort of sets us up for, for a big, you know, shot at the, the premiership in, a, in three to four years. But, yeah. Michael, uh, pick four or pick five, whatever it is. How do we, how do we see that going
1: this year? Yeah, so uh, we do have pick four. It'll likely be bumped down to pick five just because the Bulldogs have uh, academy priority over Jamara Yugel Hagen, who's that is supposed so, to be the most talented player in the draft.
0: That is so
1: annoying. God, fuck. Yeah, I look. They're oh. Actually, they're chucking out that system as of next season. Oh, oh next season. Now. Next yeah, season. Yeah.
0: Great. Yeah, how was that? Godfather. Yeah. The AFL. I mean, bet. seriously. They keep changing I mean, I, I don't really care about rule changes because I mean ever since the game was first put the rules on paper, we've always been changing the rules. But it's these sort of annoying things like this at the Academy thing, that is just Godfather I mean really I hate it because we're dis- I hate it because we're disadvantaged, Michael. That's the reason. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, I mean I, we've been a bit negative already on this show, so I don't want to get too no, I don't no want to well, dig well. too deep. But it is another one of these things where, like, cola, you, you just wait for the worst case scenario for them to finally change the rules. You know, like yeah. you know Sydney should never have had cola. Um, you know, and it took for them to get Buddy Franklin for the AFL to finally make a move on that. Yeah, and you know, a, a, a club that has made the eight should never have access to. The best player in the draft, uh, but that's happened. So they've moved, changed the rules again. So you know they're constantly quite slow to, to adapt to these things. So it's frustrating, but it is you know, frustrating. That, that's it what is. it is. Yep,
0: I get that. So so who are we looking at? Which sort of players are we looking at?
1: Righto. So the the next, the, the, from what I understand, uh, that this draft, uh, if you including Hugo Hagen, there's a there's a there's sort of a, a top six that there's, there's six standout players. So at pick four or five. Hawthorne have access to one of these players, so the, the, the main players that will be available at Hawthorne's pick will be um, Riley Tilthorpe, who is a, a ruck forward, Logan McDonald, who's a key forward, Denver Granger brass who is a, a key defender, and two midfielders in Elijah Hollands and uh, Will Phillips. So the, the those though you could probably with you could be fairly certain that Hawthorne will pick one of those players. It sort of depends on what the uh, clubs with picks before us do. So a uh, Tilthorpe I think, is fairly is rated to go to Adelaide based on the fact that he's South Australian. Um, then you know North really need a, a key forward, so I would think they might go for Logan McDonald. And Swans seem to, if anything, lack a a, a young key defender. So you think they might go for a, a Granger Baras, which would leave Hawthorne with. Uh, in my opinion uh, and based on some phantom drafts that I've read from some of the experts uh, Hawthorne might be uh left with a choice of um, one of the two midfielders in uh, Will Phillips or Elijah Holland. So I think that would be best. I think Hawthorne really need a midfielder. But uh, really a lot of it, but then both those midfielders could be snapped up before we get a pick. Uh, so we might end up with a key forward. It, it really, it's hard to know. But either way, uh, you could be sure that we will pick one of those players that I've mentioned.
0: Nice. Do you think we need a, is it, do you think our priority rests with the midfield or the forward line?
1: I think the midfield, um, I can see the argument for the forward line because, yeah. I mean, as we mentioned before, it's just been Gunston and Bruce for a long time. Yeah. But I, th- I think the midfield, though, uh, is just an area that we have no depth. I, I don't see much of a future in it either. Um, I-, I, The forward line, with a bit of luck, I can see a bit of hope there. But, with, you know, with, Gunst- uh, with um, Patton and Lewis, as I mentioned before, but um, not that it's great. But but the midfield, I I think, really seriously needs um, some work. So I would go for a midfielder if if it was up to me. But, you know, I think Hawthorne have been pretty clear uh, from the beginning. I remember one of Hawthorne's uh, recruiting staff was on uh, another Hawthorne podcast. I think the official Hawthorne podcast talking about how talent is their number one priority. So I think regardless of the position, um, they'll just get the most talented player, which could mean, you know, we might... I'd end up with um, Granger Barras, who is a uh, key defender. That might disappoint some Hawthorne fans, but you know, uh, you get a really good key defender That that's someone who can be a great service for 10 to 12 years. So, uh, but I, I think they'll go for any one of those players I've mentioned. But a midfielder would probably excite me the most.
0: Yeah, good one. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's the start of our new journey, Michael. I can see us, uh, this player, whoever they are, will be in our best 22 uh, a few rounds into next year. I'm tipping so. We want them to be a, a key player going forward. Here. That and Day was um, is unbelievable this year. Just what he brought to the club and the excitement he brought to the to the supporters as well too. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing this new young kid in our team. Michael, um, anything else about the draft you want to talk about? I'm I'm keen to move on to the books if you're ready.
1: Uh, well very quickly you know yep. pick four is the exciting pick but remember we've still got pick 24 and oh, we have, we've also yeah. got uh, uh, we've got Academy priority over Connor Downey who is ah, supposed yes. to be rated between 20 to 30 so okay. that's another he's a halfback wing. Uh, I, I heard uh, Graham Wright refer to him as a sort of a clone of Isaac Smith so oh, you right. know that that's that, that's a good sort of play to be able to bring in and you know if we don't have to match that bid, um, before pick twenty-four, uh, you know, we could end up with another good player. Remember that, you know, there have been a lot of good players that have come from that that um, range of you know twenty to thirty, and uh, and you know, and Will Day himself was pick thirteen. I, I think in hindsight, you know, he could probably be a top five pick. So yeah, uh, yeah, you can get all sorts of good players with a, a late first rounder or an early second round pick. Can you hear
0: the uh, the audio at the mic? We've got a bit of a uh, bit of rain on the old veranda out here.
1: Yeah, I can I can hear that on your yeah, end. That's yeah. all good.
0: We're live on radio, current folks. Look at the, the the radio, rain on the veranda here, uh, Michael. Uh, terrific stuff. Look, I'm I'm excited about what's going to come in the next few weeks. So it's beginning of, as I mentioned, the beginning of our next journey to win another premiership. Michael, I've been reading a few books, and I um, I, I, we might have a bit of a, a regular book review segment on our show. Uh, the one that uh, the three I've been reading this year, uh, uh, Ruffy, the Ruffy book, of course, uh, Crimo fantastic um, book uh, Peter Criman story just sort of covering you know the history of, uh, of Hawthorne some of the and some of the experiences which I can remember seeing as a young kid as well too so that's been a great book and also um, probably my favorite book this year footy book Hawthorne is the Tony Wilson's uh, 999 the Great Grand Final This is a sensational piece of work beautifully written as well too and um, that's we'll probably cover that in more detail next week but we uh, I we will. But it's uh, next time we do the show, that is. But uh, that's a terrific book, folks. If you're looking for a book to buy Hawthorne Fan for Christmas, Tony Wilson's 999, The Great Grand Final. It's about 30 bucks or so. Can't go wrong. Absolute perla Just so written. Perfectly covered. And so many uh, different stories to tell over that uh, great experience. And that's why I hate it when people like uh, Essen supporters start talking about the Great Grand Final was them. Because I think the Great Grand Final was... The 989 Grand Final. There's no question about that. We're going to claim that forever, Michael.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I wasn't really alive for no. the 989 Grand Final. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have seen the. Um, I have seen the. I've got it on DVD, so I've seen the game. But I, I mean, it's not the same really, when you're, unless you're watching it live. So uh, perhaps uh, Hawthorne supporters of my age and generation. Uh, I mean, there's still, uh, I, I think, I, I listened to a, a podcast in which um, that guy was interviewed, the guy who wrote it, the, the author, Wilson? so, yeah, Tony, Tony Wilson, Wilson yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it definitely sounds interesting, so, I mean, if you're a Hawthorne diehard, that probably would be a good book to read, yeah. um, but I think you'd probably be even, even better if you'd if you actually seen the game and experienced yeah. it live, so, yeah, yeah I've stuff. heard good things
0: yep it's a great book i'll talk talk more about that next episode we'll go through a bit of a uh, a, a bit of review of the book in more clear but they're, they're the three books we're focusing on for the next few weeks are so christmas presents folks we're looking to buy a nice christmas presents for a Hawthorne people um michael is there anything else you want to talk about in the show i think we've covered most of the areas we were keen to touch on am i anything i've missed
1: uh no i don't think so uh, um yeah, I, I just we should mention it as well. Or oh, we don't have to mention, I suppose, but we did try and record this show a week ago and there was a problem with the audio, so we've had to recite the whole thing. So, um
0: yeah, I think we've covered all the points we covered then, I think. I think, it's about I right. think
1: we have. Sure. Yeah, so we've done an okay job, I think. So <laughs> No, it's oh, yeah. good to have the podcast back. Um we've been dormant for a while, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's good to good to be back and um yeah, I think we'll probably do another show after the draft. There's a bit to talk about there. I reckon that's the
0: time to do it. So we'll come back. We'll have our next show. Uh, we, we The plan is to broadcast live. So this is a live broadcast. If you're not listening now, this is the podcast. So we, we're planning to broadcast live, and it'll be on a Saturday morning. So probably the Saturday, I'm not sure what date the actual draft is, probably midweek sometime or towards the end of the week, but we'll probably do a, um, the, the weekend after on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we'll do our um, sort of, our review of the draft and where Hawthorne sits. Um, I reckon that's about it, Michael.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's it. So thanks for listening, if yep. you listened. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yep. good
0: on you, folks. Uh, just look, we, we love Hawthorne, and we know you do as well too, and uh, we're obsessed like you, and uh, we look forward to having a, the uh, the Mighty Hawks back up the ladder again because that's where they deserve. And that's where we, we're in the business of winning premierships, I tell people, and that's actually right. We are in the business of winning premierships, and this is how our, our journey begins, Michael. Good stuff. Good thanks on you, folks. Take it easy. Thanks for listening.